he's never seen me fight live. He, he his news in school on uh, Monday is going to be. I flew to Boston and watched my dad fight in the UFC. Are you going to split your bonus with him if you get it? No, definitely, but he says he's going to scream. Um, he's Sound of business? He's already, yeah. Paul's really nice like that, you know. He doesn't need the money in fair. He just jacked up him walking on. The chap's loud. My dream is to be world champion, world lightweight champion in the UFC, have more money than I know what to do with, and have a great life for my, my kids, my grandkids, everyone in my, in my family, everyone that's, that's come up with me. That's my dream. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Severe MMA podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan, and with me, like every week, is the beautiful Andrew Abs McGahan. Andrew, I have I have to say, hopefully for fifteen or twenty seconds there, people were terrified that I was ill, and <laughs> you had to do the podcast for yourself. It's a solo podcast, or Pretty even much. worse, or even worse, Jeremy Botter was back. Oh, that would have been even worse. Worst ever. The one thing that I um that I, we that I've spent the last five minutes laughing at, um I just said let me just turn this on and it clicked in my head and I couldn't think what it was uh, that made me link to this so I'm about to play it for everyone. Hello, Smithers. You're quite good at turning me on. Um, you probably should ignore that. One of the greatest lines in Simpsons history: Mr. Burns as Smithers' screensaver when he turned on his computer and finally it was like it was like Sean knowing the tune of a song but not knowing the name of a song oh no my YouTube uh, auto played the next video there and oh was, no uh, what was it it was Smithers crack that whip <laughs> licorice whip Jesus so, any crack anyway how things did uh, what, do you, what do you think of my presenting there to start was it good top level Top drawer, top highly rehearsed though. As we, as people don't know that this is the tenth take of the podcast, <laughs> or, yeah, or at least I'll tell people it was the tenth take. Yeah, it was about the tenth take. I turned on my computer on Windows Ten needs to die. That's all I have to say. About You're it. not a big fan. I'm not. No, I was at the start. I thought, oh, this is look at this new and shiny. But there's oh jeez, there's just so many things wrong with it. Like these update, like it keeps update. It updated for me there. I was fine an update, grand. And then it said restarting your computer, and then it restarted my computer. Came on, and it like crashed and updated again. Oh Jesus Christ! Guess what? Um, guess what happened to me yesterday in Dublin? You got killed by someone in Dublin? No, you're not. You're still alive. I'm still alive. Um, stabbed? No. Even drugged. better. Well, I got shouted at from a car window. Really? Yeah. But like, oh my God, well, that's it? Andrew McGahan. <laughs> Ah, uh, jeez, people be giving you a big head now. I guess who it was? Who? Uh, Graham. <laughs> Graham. All right. <laughs> that explains it. All. So uh, that was uh, that was hilarious. But he made a scene about it. So you know, obviously the people on the street instantly thought I was a big deal. Yeah. So that was like uh, at UFC Dublin last year. There's like two or three people like coming up to me asking for pictures and stuff, and you could like just see like all the other people around looking like. Who the fuck is he? You're just getting yourself warmed up for uh, Bama this weekend. Yeah, can't the, wait now. The celebrity good. meet and greet of Sean Sheehan. Yeah. The people's yeah, well, champ. I, I, won't, I won't be in it. Hopefully I won't. Well, hopefully, but I probably won't be around like uh, the the normal folk too much this time. Last When UFC Dublin, I was I was with my people. I was with Sheehan Nation amongst them. like Amongst the Sheehan so, Nation. Amongst them, yeah. Because we got great, we got oh, great reviews from last week. 
from last week's podcast. From, yeah, from the uh, about the t-shirts. There's people asking for hashtag Sheehan Nation t-shirts as well. These people are obviously just... idiots. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? My fans are better than you. No, I don't even. We... I can't even say that sentence properly without feeling <laughs> like get, the biggest. We get top. you a t-shirt with hashtag Abs McGahan and in like abs on the actual no, t-shirt. No, no, no. I see that's. <laughs> That's uh, you're selling my selling my image there, Sean. I'm yeah. not. I'm not. <laughs> sure, well, I'm co- I, then again, I'm not making money any other way. So maybe if I have to sell my image, that is the way to do it. That's the way to do. It, yeah. So Abs on a t-shirt. Nice. Everyone wants that. Speaking of large sums of money, poor Nick Diaz. Poor fella. Poor guy. Did you where sit do down you, and watch? Where do you, where do you start? I, do you, every second tweet I saw was, "Why am I watching this?" Yeah. So I wasn't going to go back and watch it all then. I read all of the stuff that was posted about it. Give me your your first impressions while you were watching it. Because as you said on Twitter, watching the NSAC, NSAC hearing, because my life is shit. Yeah. Before Nick Diaz came on, it was one of those. It was like all, do you know, like the... Who have we watched for? Anderson Silva and uh, who else was on? Hector Lombard and all those guys that have been in before. But when the Nick Diaz bit actually came on itself... It was pretty exciting. It got good, like, because um, Nick Diaz's lawyer, um, Middlebrook, I think his name was, he put on an excellent case. Like, like if anyone who watched it, basically the whole thing was Nick Diaz took three tests the, the night of his fight with Anderson Silva. Um, he passed two of them and he failed one. So uh, he got, uh, Nevada said, the mission obviously for the one failed test brought him up over that and we're banning him and it was a hearing at the weekend or at um, the other so day how so could he, how could he have passed two and failed one that's the that's the thing about it and the case which his team made was excellent because the two pass tests were at one lab and the one failed test was at another lab right so whichever way you look at it you either have one false positive or two false negatives right so they decided to go with the, the positive and and they're, so they're making out basically that there was two false negatives, right? So the two false negatives happened at VADA accredited labs with the correct paperwork, with the correct collection. Everyone did it right. Everything that's supposed to be done right was done right. When when uh, the fighter gives his sample, right, what he's supposed to do is he's handed the, the vial. He opens the vial himself from the seal pack. He urinates in it, whatever. And closes it up again and hands it back, right? That all happened with the two positive tests in the Smartle laboratory, which is a VADA accredited laboratory. Oh no, Sean Sheehan is dead. He has collapsed. I'm going to have to hang up from him and seamlessly bring him back into this podcast um, because he is dropping more knowledge than I know about it at the moment. He always looks into it. I would have thought... The people were giving off about the procedural uh, ways that it was being done. In particular, something to do with them being able to tell it was Nick Diaz's sample when they should all be done by numbers. But luckily, I don't even have to pretend to go on about it or stall anymore because Sean Sheehan is back in our lives. Bonjour, I'm back. Fuck Windows 10. That's it. Was it all Windows 10's fault? Yeah, my computer just totally turned off, turned back on. Maybe you should get a Mac. How dare you? Don't even, don't even anyway, joke. Anyway, I'm not even going to start you. Tell me this. <laughs> is it true that one of the samples was identified as Nick Diaz's when it was meant to be uh, anonymous? 
Yeah, it, that's the the Quest Lab one. That's the one that came up positive. So basically, as as I was saying there, the other two Vada, the two uh, the two negative ones were sent away. He didn't have his name on it. It was all put in perfectly, all filled in right, done correctly, right? To two Vada accredited gyms, art um, labs. The one that came up positive for marijuana, as you said, it had his name on the front of it. There was a box to be ticked that from the commissioner or the, the the person who views him taking the test, whatever they're called, has to tick the box to say they viewed it. That box wasn't ticked, right? It, the lab that it's into is not a VADA accredited lab. It's just one they have been using for a while. So this is bad. Like it's, it's probably a good lab and all, but compared to the other two, it's not near it. But they decided, the Nevada State Athletic Commission decided to take that test instead of the other two. And not just like to just ignore the other two. Like <clears throat> that test was taken, I, I think it was around 10 o'clock. There was another one taken, the one, the positive before was taken before his fight around 7 o'clock, I think, and the one was taken after around 11 o'clock. So they had an expert there um, to. Uh, talk about how that was possible and he basically said a medical doctor he said it wasn't possible you'd have to consume an amount of water that isn't physically it you know it isn't physically possible to consume that amount of water within the time necessary for that test to happen is that the um, diaz's uh, the diaz's defense basically yeah. yeah um but so uh, something's cooking someone's yeah. cooking results it, well, it isn't that. The things happen for them to get up uh, to come differently. Like, but the, the thing about this is, it's not. People have been taking like, oh, this is you only smoke weed, uh, you know that kind of defence. And the, the thing about this is, it's it's the Nevada Settlement Commission's problems here. Like, you have two positives, and you have one negative from the same night, and they just throw them away. Like the defense that they brought was basically that that there was errors with the positive with the positive test, undoubted errors, and there was no errors with the other tests. But they throw them away. Like it, it, Pat Lundvall, one of the commissioners on the thing, she listened to um to the solicitor to Nick Diaz, a solicitor. They had a big back and forth. He presented his case well, and then when it gets to their deliberation. She basically just throws it all out of the water. Like we ha we forget as well. This isn't a courtroom. This is a hearing. This is them laying down the law. Like that guy um, Eccles, Christopher Eccles. He's basically the attorney for the the uh, the attorney general or something. He's called for the Nevada State Athletic Commission, and he presents the case. Like his job should be to present an even case. His job should should be to to present the truthful case. But instead, he's presenting a case. Far than Nevada said at the commission, like he, it's dim. It's it's like an old boys club. It's just if we decide this is right, this is right, and there's no going back. It truth doesn't matter, facts don't matter, nothing matters. It's just what they decide, and that's it. Like Pat Lundvall, the funniest thing I, I thought of the whole thing was they were they were talking about how they well, couldn't Mr. afford. Will Mr. Diaz be uh, testifying? <laughs> yeah, he that was better that as well. be. But the weird, the weirdest thing was, they spoke about like the two Vada credit gyms, and they were talking about how they couldn't afford to have uh, to be under the Vada code. They'd love to be and all this. Yet the two Vada credit gyms, they throwed out when they have them. They did like there was no extra cost in that. They already had them right. And then when they were speaking about marijuana, which gets a lot under a lot of people's go, it was she comes out with, but marijuana is on the Vada band list. 
But that that's the VADA list, that, and that's the VADA uh, the rules that you can't follow because you can't afford to. Why not follow the VADA, the VADA accredited um, labs if you're going to be following the VADA list? So like, it's absolutely it's, it's absolutely a joke. Like this this um, lab, the Quest lab that they got the positive from, it's basically one of their labs that they've been using for a long time. It's not as good as lab as the other two, and like they just it's just awful. It's it's a terrible example of government fucking injustice, and like uh, they just don't care. They really don't care. But this is good for the Diaz's because they were showing up to be idiots, basically. Like they were just. It was so bad. It was so crass. It was terrible that the um, Diaz and his lawyer, like his lawyer, is an unbelievable, is an unbelievable guy. Very good. Presented his case very well. He's going to take it to court, and I'd be very surprised if they didn't get off on court. To be honest, because Boss. any 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 court in the world would have to would have to do it because the paperwork alone they filled it in wrong. They fucked up the the uh, the testing. It has to be done. But a court case is going to be drawn out, and it could go up yeah. for a couple of years. So that's just the worst thing about it all. Like Nick Diaz afterwards. Like talking in that uh, media scrum seems like the best incarnation of Nick Diaz we've ever seen in mixed martial arts. Is he gone? He's gone from Caesar Gracie, has he? Apparently, yeah. That was the first I'd heard of it. But yeah, he, said, he, he called he, him a crook and yeah, stuff. Yeah, is he training with? Uh, is he training with Demetrius Johnson now? And Hume, is he really Matthew? I, I think he is. Jesus, I didn't. I didn't. I hadn't heard that now. But if he was, that's fucking. That's brilliant. Because I was listening to the cheap seats on Sherdog today. Yeah. And they were talking about how to take it out on Demetrius Johnson and Matt Hume not being allowed. But I don't know if they were, because uh, I kind of, I was listening when I was driving. So it was something, I'm not sure if he's saying that he's training with them now or if they give an example. Like it'd be like telling Demetrius Johnson, oh, Matt Hume, he could never corner Demetrius Johnson again. The same way uh, Nate isn't allowed, or Nick isn't allowed to corner Nate over the next five years. Yeah. So I think they might have been given an example about that. But I, the thing, the only reason I ask is because I saw him called Caesar Gracie a crook, and he um, said he should have never had a a manager and a trainer and stuff like that. He should have separated the two of them, and now he's missing out on the money now because he was scammed for so many years. Yeah, like I could, like we spoke about this way back on our first podcast when all these drug things were coming yeah, together. I'm like, so happy we get to talk about drugs again. <laughs> um, when. If there was just three straight failures for marijuana, like it is against the rules, I could take like the debate about marijuana is a different thing. People are kind of hanging on to this here. I don't think it. I don't think it's really, you know, it isn't to to the thing to hang your hat off here. It's Nevada said Athletic Commission being shit. But like, if he had just failed the three tests, I could live with him giving him a big ban. Like he 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 obviously doesn't give a shit. Like he he's smoking marijuana. In like salt being his system during competition, so like if it's in the rules, you should be banned for that. Fair enough. But it's the tests here. The, he's two negative tests and one one positive test. And like uh, I've explained it there, like why why take that positive test over the two negative tests in better uh, things? Like they're acting as if this is three straight failures that he definitely failed all the times. And it's not that. That's not what it is. Like they gave him five years and thirty three percent of his five hundred grand purse. It's it's farcical. Like there's, sorry, there's a couple of uh, things that I really liked on Twitter. People were saying, but the maximum suspension is only thirty six months. 
how can he get five years? But I think that's because those rules only come into effect from September and they're predating this just like Silva's suspension from January. <coughs> yeah, exactly. So and that as well. But the stupidest thing about it all for me was Diaz said afterwards that the previous tests he has failed, if they had been taken now after they've realised that they were wrong and changed their limit for how many yeah. nanograms or MGs of THC you're allowed to have, Diaz wouldn't have failed any of his prior drug tests. Exactly. So yeah. he obviously is doing something here to like stop himself from not being caught on these tests. He's lowering it down. Um, I that's what I take from this fight is that if two, one test is obviously inaccurate and has him just over whatever the failure limit is, and then like you said, it is a discussion for another day. But it's absolutely ridiculous that someone can get a suspension for that long for that substance because. John Jones is going to get dealt with by the law, probably get off, and then be straight back into the UFC. And that is the most ridiculous thing in the world. Vitor Belfort, who has been banned by Nevada in the past, is mm -hmm. now fighting again in Nevada. Then you have... Uh, Vitor failed the test as well, and it was just brushed under the carpet. Everyone forgets about it. And then went straight to the UK and fought in the UK. Oh, no, but recently, before oh, his yeah, Chris yeah. Weidman fight, yeah. yeah. And um, but then even worse, it's just it's far too annoying to see this happen. Like, and it's they're constantly letting cheats back in. Like, guys, now you're gonna see that are gonna look crap athletically, uh, look really bad because they had to come off whatever steroids because of the out of competition testing, and they're gonna get away with it because they weren't caught beforehand. Now you can tell, oh yeah, they did do steroids, but they were never caught doing steroids they're not on them now so we can't retroactively do anything about it it's just the most frustrating thing I feel so sorry for Nick Diaz in this whole thing like fair enough I understand he's an idiot for failing a test and rules are rules and stuff like that but he makes the most compelling case for a man who's been held down unrightfully unlawfully uh, throughout his career you like you could still have it against rules but you could have a minimal thing like you could ban him three months or something second if in six months and a third if in a year or something like that yeah like and Chael Sonnen worst of all <laughs> exactly two years exactly. two oh, years and, for having a, a fucking, job yeah for being on pretty much anything he could have been on uh groveled came out the first time he got uh busted for it oh it was a mistake I had it cleared with someone else but not with you guys and that was a complete lie and then getting caught on everything under the sun Groveled gets offered a job and only two years. Yeah, like I'm in favor of these these linty tests and stuff, as long as it's a hundred percent certain, as long as it definitely happened. Uh, marijuana, we had obviously a different one. There shouldn't be as hefty bans for that. For steroids and stuff, I'm definitely in favor. Longer bans, bigger fines. Yeah, I, I'm in, I'm in favor of them. Look, first defense, fair enough. Once it goes to second and third offenses, you have to because these people just they don't give a shit. Like you, so you have to do it. But for like, I know the marijuana debate is there is another debate and stuff because this is about the Nevada State Athletic Commission and they're just they're shitness really, <laughs> and it's terrible. But um, yeah, Nick Diaz is really like uh, I I've said in the past like if if he had like when we got this first we thought he had just failed the test normally and I didn't have much sympathy for him like but now I, I do like because will the like, UFC release him no they, can, they can't release him like 
why, well, if he came back in five years and fought again, he'd be on the UFC banner. They're not. Why would the UFC release him and give one FC uh, or someone like that Nick Diaz? Imagine him and Ben Askren on pay per view like that'll do fucking good numbers on pay per view and on their online thing. Or I'm sure they could set something up in America or something like that'll do big numbers. Why? I don't think they'll do that. Send him over to Ross Shardings. I don't think so. No. But um, I think they should let him. If it looked like if it does look like it's going to be a five year thing. Dana talks about making money. This is obviously not Nate. Well, it seems like it's not Nick's wrongdoing. It's Nevada State Athletic Commission. It's not like they're punishing someone for flagrantly breaking the rules. Like, and yeah, you you can't earn for five years now. This is a guy who is fit, healthy, able to learn, able to earn, and he's being blocked by a government that and a athletic commission that didn't like his tone, didn't fact, didn't like. And this is the he's just set a precedent that fighters have should have had and always had legal representation lawyered up to the teeth against the commission like this because yeah. that's like now they're going to get taken to court it's going to be a lengthy procedure let's say best case scenario the diaz nick diaz gets huge compensation to take away for the fact that he's lost earnings for a couple of years because it's going to get into court it's going to be held on for quite a while and even then you could be looking at three years before nick diaz can fight again yeah, and what if it's like you could? I presume it's going to be in a Nevada court. Yeah, it so could be another then, thing. Yeah, a court be, isn't going to go against its own fucking. Is yeah. next door? It's, it, it could be just the same workers. thing you have again. Yeah, it's it's bullshit. Like it really is bullshit. I but, um, I saw one last thing on it. An interesting yeah. thing. I saw a lot of people complaining on Twitter that the bigger stars weren't mentioning anything of it in support of Nick Diaz. Um, someone who's trained with the Diaz brothers in the past and actually no she's never trained with them she just has a very good mutual friend um, Michael Miranda Mar- Michael Michael Mar- uh, she's she's trained with Amari a bit no yeah I don't think they actually ever have trained together they have yeah are you sure yeah, I was 100%. nearly told I thought that everybody thought they had trained together but no dad there's a video on YouTube of Nate Diaz and Ronda Rollin uh, that's not Nick Diaz though no but she's trained with Nick Diaz 100% hmm I'll take your word for it. Either way, yeah. she has come out in support and uh, said it was pretty much bullshit. Free Nick Diaz. Uh, like if this was uh, also on cheap seats earlier on, it was a caller. Let's say somebody, uh, someone like Ronda Rousey turns around to the Nevada State Athletic Commission who are so poor and don't get any revenue. Ronda gets them a fair bit of revenue, I would imagine, through the MGM. Um, Floyd gets them a lot. Why wouldn't Ronda turn around and say, I'm never fighting in Vegas again? I'm fighting in LA in California the Nevada State Athletic Commission would start to feel something fairly quickly that's probably why you need a fighters association for something like that for these like to have set rules and stuff like that like wh- why would Ronda do that Ronda's it's all well and good coming out saying oh this was wrong but she's not going to say I'm not going to fight in the M- MGM imagine if she was putting a McGregor Aldo undercard or something like that if they're fighting again or put on UFC 200 in, in Nevada why like at the end of the day, this is a this is an individual sport, and uh, people are not going to do that. I don't think people are asking about that, but it's it's not realistic. Like it's really not. But yeah, there's more um, more drugs again in, in our next uh, segment. Did Excellent. you hear about us um, this week? Uh, I believe his name is Tom Hauser. Uh, Tom mightn't be his first name, but he wrote this uh, long-ranging, very good story about Floyd Mayweather 
um, getting a retroactive TUE for an IV after his fight with Manny Pacquiao. So basically, Floyd Mayweather went back after his wins, went home, was administered an IV, administering himself, or someone was doing it for him an IV, and in comes the USADA testers to test him for PDs. Saw him with the IV. Obviously, he can't use the IV band. Um, That's that mad was that they called to his house while he was in the middle of it. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I love the idea of a UFC fighter getting busted in an out of competition test, like literally in the act <laughs> of doing it. Like injection up the arse. <laughs> oh no! Oh shit! Oh, hello, Usada. How are you? Well, that's gonna happen. <laughs> it probably is. They do it so much. Probably is. But yeah, <laughs> Floyd basically, and he fought Manny Pacquiao. They didn't stop him. Eighteen days later, he uh, they hand in a TUE to the Nevada Senate Commissioner, wherever it has to go for the IV, and Floyd gets away with it because he had a he had a therapeutic use exemption exemption that which was handed out eighteen days after. Is he allowed to get away with it? Is it corrupt, Sean? Basically. See Floyd the thing Mayweather is, can bend the rules. He can drink Gatorade during his fights if he wants. He just has to come in. Well, you're allowed, apparently. Oh, are you? Yeah, big John McCarthy was saying it there that you're allowed to drink Gatorade. And or um, Ian Kidd posted a posted a link to the thing in Nevada. Said let it commission. A lot of people, I think uh, the UFC don't allow it and stuff. And maybe I'm not sure the exact rules. But the thing about Floyd is, uh, and why is. Why it's worrying for the UFC and for MMA in general is because it was because it was USADA that administered the TUE and obviously USADA are the UFC's um, drug testing people and uh, the way the UFC are paying USADA to do their drug testing, Floyd Mayweather paid USADA to do his drug testing and uh, uh, the or big drug admini- or drug administering. <laughs> but the big amount of money. The thing about it is. Say if Ronda Rousey or Conor McGregor or John Jones or whoever are found with um, taking an IV or Jose Aldo or whoever it might be, are they going to get a TUE as well? Or will someone like Cole Miller or Mirsad Bektic or Paul Redmond or anyone like that, if they're found with it, will they get such an easy thing? Um, I'm not sure that that could happen. Um, <laughs> it's funny because this really brings up the corruption. Like, there was, um, there was an incident as well with Eric Morales where he failed the test but he got his B sample tested and USADA still allowed him to fight because the B sample wouldn't be back until after his oh. fight yeah and he still tested positive after the fight Jesus Christ yeah so like that's absolutely ridiculous <laughs> it is isn't it it's, it's actually mad and even like, then explain can, can <coughs> someone get a therapeutic use exemption for an IV in the UFC even after October after the ban they can, they can, yeah. But uh, your man, what's it? Justin Novitski was basically saying that, oh, that's not going to happen. Why would you need it? You'd basically need it if you collapsed or something. But if you collapse, they're not going to put your fight, their your fight on. Or if you're like severely dehydrated, like anyone after a win, like look at Conor McGregor last time. He like he could have rang up. <laughs> If it was in at the time, like he could ring up Usada and say, "Look at me, I need a, I need an IV." And like, what are they going to say? That like, Jeff Nowitzki says they're not going to give them to people, and people probably won't even ask for them. People are probably just going to use them and let the cards fall, whatever they may like. But it's stupid. Like, what I think they should do with the IV situation really is, after every win, you have a Usada. Um, 
a room with all USADA people, USADA doctors or UFC provided doctors with USADA's oversight for two hours and all the fighters can go in there or have two different rooms and all the fighters go in there and they get the IVs administered by those people with the the right stuff in them so they can't be administering um, whatever they want in their own IVs and, and do it safely like that because fighting is very like fighting is very different to sports any other sports like wrestling even I know they cut weight in wrestling but there isn't head um, head drama like athletics whatever like that it's different because they're cutting weight in, in especially in MMA more than even boxing they're like they need the IVs but that's another point I suppose but are you worried about USADA after hearing those things and like do you think personally I'm very <laughs> worried my weight cuts will be very hard from here on in um, I just think it's that's a great suggestion what you had I hadn't thought of that before but then like what's stopping guys from going home and going to their hotel room and getting someone else to administer it and then how do you differentiate from what was in yeah. that yeah. test to another uh, they could get something else put in so it'd be you'd need like you sad of people following them around 24 hours just to make sure that nothing had happened or nothing uh, was else was being administered overall though i think this is going to be a pivotal day a pivotal week in the way that it's done in the future because nevada those five commissioners that are on the panel probably left that hearing yesterday and were called by someone maybe to a higher body that said our lawyers hate you now because we are going to get destroyed in court you had to go and take that personal uh, out of nowhere just you guys are absolute idiots i'd say they already know that they're in for a long ride and they're in for a hard time because that was like even the microphones picking the commissioners up afterwards saying uh yeah the disrespect or something like that it's about disrespect it's about yeah. disrespect like absolutely pathetic embarrassing grow up irish irish mma has the right way forward no commissioner no, no governing <laughs> bodies let's go back to those days it's um oh it's full of Easy. shit it's full of shit <laughs> it is it's is full of shit i suppose we, we'll talk about it more as the weeks go on but um we'll move on for today right free nick diaz free hashtag free nick diaz tough last week did you see it what do you think of it I can tell you, I saw the fights because of the highlights. See, all the, most of the fights were posted online. Oh, were they? Well, they were on my Facebook page the next morning anyway. That's uh, The magic of it. I have to say, Ryan Hall, what did I tell you? It's good, wasn't it? He He's 50-50 guard. 50-50 guard, dropping down into the inside, into the inverted inside heel hook, and uh, pretty much crippled the guy. Here, I have a question for you, actually. I was thinking about it last night. I meant to ask you. Do you know in Gi Jiu-Jitsu, right? Yes. If you're, do you know where their belts are always kind of falling off and stuff? Yeah. Can you choke a guy with your belt? No, unfortunately oh, not. You, geez, can't, be you can't use your belt as a weapon. Oh, but you can use his Gi. Yeah, you can use a Gi, yeah. Gi against the Lapel chokes and stuff. Exactly. Cross yeah. collars and everything. Sheehan knows. Oh, Sheehan knows. Hashtag. Uh, but yeah, also, obviously... Um, sorry, sorry, sorry. <coughs> Go on. Before we get on to it, did you think Artem lost the fight? It was. I think it was a tough one to score. It was one of those fights where both rounds were close. You so you probably would have given one each. Like, I, I think it should have been. I think it should have gone to a third. To be honest, um, that's the way I score it. But it's not the most outrageous decision ever. It's. It's. I thought it was. 
if I was scoring it you're like being diplomatic here Sean no, I think but I'm not really I think there's an argument that Artem won both rounds as well and there's an, like it's one of those you know there's an argument that he won both rounds there's an argument that the other guy won both rounds there's an argument that was one all so I, it's tough like I'm not really sure I don't have a huge fucking opinion on it but um yeah it, it probably should have gone to third what way did you score anyway you probably have a luckily, luckily enough I sent you a little message there um, yeah. but I do think I agree with you that one round of peace is completely fair uh, but you can understand where they got the result from um, tell me this though because I don't want to say something without getting in trouble yeah. was it not at the end of the show or kind of announced that they were going to be getting an extra person on each team yeah it was like at the end they're, they're basically it was one of those snippets from like next week and it was like I don't know was it Dana White or someone saying if you could choose one person to come back who would it be like to Conor McGregor and your life ever and like I wonder who Conor's gonna pick exactly <laughs> look for someone to come back like it's, it doesn't take a fucking brain time. like I haven't seen any episodes I haven't heard anything but um, yeah like that's that's the thing like while we were recording it last week uh, we had the guys that um, Pizzi and Dave were both at the tough premiere Dave said Artem was there for questions and I was thinking like why would he be there for questions unless he got into the house the fact that he only came back with Connor in the airport as well um, I was talking to him in the airport that would suggest to me that he got into the house as a wild yeah, card or something he, like that yeah maybe but even just see Uriah Faber said that like he was going to be um, he was going to be one of the coaches like even if he lost so maybe he was just there doing that but we don't know I suppose we'll have to watch tonight the junior but that is pretty much what we're going to have that's the only reason I'll tune yeah. in to see if Artem got into the house or not yeah same here what did you think of the show though in general apart from like obviously Ryan Hall and Artem were the two things we were tuning in for what did you think of it other than that it's, it's the same old tough to be honest yeah. I, like, I don't I think they were kind of trying to sell it from a different angle beforehand in the absenteeism of Conor McGregor <coughs> but then yeah. you have guys like Saul Rogers coming out today saying he had absolutely no problem with the way Conor McGregor took the team throughout the season so I don't know I think it might be just a little bit played up it seems the early ratings of that Conor is actually drawing some people back into tough whether it will last over the continuation of the season um, I'm not too sure I think the tough brand is a dying brand and uh, this could be the last bit of uh, in the last bit of kick that it gets before ultimately the UFC decide to call it quits yeah I think they're basically just keeping it going while this uh, Fox deal is, is yeah. still going they need, they need shows for Fox I saw someone uh, was it Front Row Brian tweeted last week that tough will go when the negotiations are next up for the new TV deal yeah because uh, yeah. a network aren't going to be like we don't, we don't want we don't want this <laughs> you know get rid of it we're not taking it yeah, like it's one of those things. It's just like a weekly show now. They, they don't put much effort into it since it's gone to Fox. Like the first season was kind of good when it went to Fox because they showed like different. They showed their families and stuff, but they kind of just stopped doing that. And <laughs> now when it's gone back to the old way, it's just boring. And like the, the bit of back and forth between McGregor and Faber was kind of funny, but like, do we really want to tune in for an hour every week to watch that? Um, like for me, people complain. Like oh we don't want to see the drama we just want to see the fights. Do you really though? Do you really, like do you want to see like a lot of these guys are second rate fighters? Let's be honest. Like there's a few good ones that come every year. Maybe one or two, three or four maybe at most. There's a, this year's actually there's a few more because the European standard is very good. And you've Ryan Hall, but like 
I think it's a drama. Like you want to see these guys. Like I, I love tough when there was guys that arm barring each other and triangling each other in the backyard and slamming fucking heads off the ground and stuff. That's what I like. Bring that back. That's what I want to see. You like it? People are not going to tune in to see fucking some lad from Sweden fight a guy that has two fights from fucking the South of America or something. Like who cares? Like nobody, nobody wants to see that. People are not going to tune in to see that. Like if you have a bit of bit of drama lads fighting in the house not physically fighting maybe but like having arguments and stuff and throwing each other's beds out the windows and stuff like that's the, that's the type of shit people that's the type of shit people want to see nobody wants to see these fights we, we get to see fucking 30 fights every weekend anyway like before it was great because there was like 6 or 7 UFC events a year or whatever you got to see a fight every week that was great but like that, that that's kind of worn off now like the we see fights so often that um, these fights aren't a, aren't a big thing anymore Oh, tough. You're, it's tough. Oh, it's very tough. The UFC tough. have a tough situation on their hands in the future. And if we can get off it for a minute, Sean, we've a couple of things. Um, well, I don't say get off for a minute. I mean, get off it entirely. Um, <laughs> because every week you send me a little message with a running order of yeah. the other things that we're going to talk about. And uh, you have Bellator down as next. But yeah. I just want to... Talk about Bama's announcement today first. Cool. Yeah. What are they doing? Like I I don't know. This I'm gonna completely reserve all judgment on Bama as a promotion, everything like that, until I get to see how they're doing the three arena this weekend. But I can remember when we booked when we first talked about it being booked and it was scheduled for the same weekend as the All Ireland football final the next day. And potentially Ireland in the Rugby World Cup. What we thought at the time. Is the Rugby World Cup matches on this Saturday? Yeah, Canada. Ireland's playing Canada. Yeah. So that's what we thought as well. But this one is a little... Maybe I'm completely wrong about this. Everyone probably has their own personal viewpoint on this. And that's fine. But advertising Ireland versus England. As a fight, like in a fighting sort of thing. Three weeks before the 100 year anniversary of the 1916 Rising is one of the most stupidest things they could have done. Maybe it was an accident, maybe it was unintentional, but Jesus Christ, that is stupid. Yeah. What do you like am I being am I being over the top? No, I I think you're right. I think it's I think it's pretty stupid, all right. And I think um, it's pretty insensitive uh typical like I'm not even going to go into it as much as I should I'm just going to say it's like very con- condescending even in a way from oh my god leave it that is I just can't believe it now hopefully maybe that's just my opinion maybe other people don't have a problem with it all I'll say is Bama definitely unless it was a like obviously I can only assume it was a genuine accident but in bad taste I think and as well within a couple of hours of it being announced the UFC just go and announce UFC London so to be honest, from an exec, from a source, we will say, I heard from within the UFC how they buried Bama's announcement by didn't they announce UFC Dublin as well around the same time as their Dublin Bama's uh, Dublin announcement? Maybe I'm not I, sure. I have a feeling there was something all like the UFC announced something that just kind of oh no, it was when the UFC released the picture of when they were going to be announcing UFC Dublin or a hint right. about a return to Dublin was the same day Bama announced their Dublin show. 
So the UFC had kind of put a damper on the Bama thing. Let's put the tinfoil hats on. Are the UFC trying to counter program Bama and get the get the bigger? <laughs> why did why did you laugh? I don't mean counter program it because Bama's going to be bigger than it. I mean to try and stomp the foot down and squish it. No, I don't, I don't think so. I think Bama being good benefits the UFC. They'll get their fighters away from like a lot of those guys in Bama have release clauses from the UFC. It benefits UFC for Bama to do well. Like uh, they don't, they probably don't even know Bama have a thing on that night. They don't care. Like why would they care? I'd say they definitely know Bama have a thing on that night. I don't. I to be honest, I don't think they give a shit. Like there's no one, even Bellator, maybe Bellator a bit, but Bama really Bama? Do they give a shit? Who's going to be fighting on that card that's going to like make a difference to the UFC? Nobody. Uh, I don't know. I could see the UFC putting a couple of Irish fighters on it to try and entice some fans over to London. I don't know. I just don't. I don't know. Like Bammer, like Bammer doing well to get into the O2 and stuff. We'll, we'll see. Like, well, you, the can, you thing- can say that, but really you just need money. It's not like a, a status thing to get into the O2 arena. No, but I'm saying get into the O2 to like sell enough tickets to be in the O2. Like, yeah. I'd be interested to see, and I found it weird that they um, they announced this today. Yeah, maybe it's like, a... Why not, wait, why not wait till Saturday night to see how well that event went, or wait till next week? Maybe it's a strike while the iron is hot because they're anticipating a good ticket sales thing. But surely it would have been a better spin for them to be like, hey guys, this show was so good. We've just gone back and announced that we're going to be coming back on the 27th of February in 2016. Like, pretend that it was because of how good it was on Saturday night and not announce it today at all. Like, just some of the decision making is like, for me, I'm very hopeful for Bama and especially the fact that they have a platform for the Irish pros to get exposure and maybe get bigger and better, well known, well matched fights um, over the like next couple of 12 to 18 months because. As Ian Dean has often said, he had the golden generation of Irish and European yeah. MMA fighters for Cage Warriors. And this is now the next wave coming through, and it's more than likely going to be on the Bama platform. So they're going to have to try and replicate, ultimately, what Cage Warriors did for Europe. And like, So I am hopeful for that, but Bama just need to get everything under one roof. Do you know what I mean? Let's nail down a couple of dates, nail down your plans. Like, Stop making 10 Bama UFs, Bama Dublin accounts that follow you and do you see all that there's like there's Bama there's Bama Ireland there's Bama event there's Bama event it's just everything under the one like why make another page if the Bama Facebook page is that'd be like us making a Andrew and Sean like page (laughs) and the severe MMA one is eight and a half thousand like no don't stop making too much work for yourselves Bama do it simple do it easy Hire one person to run your social media. Cage Warriors had guys that uh, from UK MMA media that used to come in and run all their social media events on fight night. Do you know what I mean? They bring them in for the day. Uh, it's your man, JJ Saddington, I think it was, he got in. And he used to run the Twitter account, the Facebook account for the whole day. Do that. Stop all of this. It's so annoying. I hate being tagged in things on Facebook, Sean. That's all this is about. I hate being tagged in things. Nobody ever tags me in anything. Graham always tagged like Graham, Graham does I have absolutely no problem but there's a culture on Facebook it seems of like putting a status up and it's like with 95 others yeah they, what, I'm, I'm not involved in that thank god what, what, what do you call it a, uh, 
something in your grits? No. Grinding Grind, my gears? It grinds, it grinds my gear, Sean. Stuck in my craw. Stuck in your craw. That was it. <laughs> Thank you so much. Anyway, no that's my rant over. If you're listening now and you're wondering what I just spoke about, all I'm going to say is Bama this Saturday in the three arena. There are still tickets available. It is a couple of pullouts throughout the week. Couple of yeah, matches. I want, I want to talk about that. Go for it. This Reese McKee John Redmond fight. Oh, but before we get on to it, go on. Buy your tickets. Come support Irish MMA. This is the platform as we're going to segue into the next one. Guys like John Redmond who've done their time in Irish MMA, fought in the bad holes, may not end up getting to the UFC or the big stage in their career, but they're being given the platform to fight on a similar platform, on a massive platform. Get out and support these guys. They absolutely need it. It's going to be a great night of Irish MMA. Sean Sheehan will be there live. And Reese McKee will be fighting John Redmond. Sean, tell us about it. How is this fight like? <laughs> how, is, how is this fight getting sanctioned? Oh, oh, you're one of those. Yeah, but no, I'm not. Like, fair enough. What this, are those? <laughs> this this fight might be even or whatever. I'm not sure. I don't mean really, I don't know him that well. You probably know him better than me. But like, you've a 145 pounder making his pro debut against a 170 pounder who's like what 13 or 14 fights. Okay. How's that happening? I'm, I'm going to counteract your points. 14 pro fights is good, but yeah. a record of 5 and 9 is not. Yeah, but still, he's experience. £145 is the weighing limit. Do you think Conor McGregor's £145 on Saturday uh, night? But, do you think John Redmond is £170 on Saturday night? Definitely not. But, like, I know, I know Reese, I know his size. I see him all the time, I see him a lot at events. He's a very similar build to Decky McAleenan, and I would I would argue, I would wager, guess, put money on, have a flutter, whatever you're having yourself. Reese McKee will probably weigh in around 75 to 76 kilos, if not 77. John Redmond will weigh in at 77 as well, and more than likely get up to about 85, 86. I'd like to think the following evening. This isn't Cahill Pendred level welterweight. Redmond is big, but he is not that big. So, this fight is actually going to look a lot closer than people are expecting it to be. I think it's the fact that Reese is technically just becoming an adult as opposed to still the child that I've seen fight amateur. And John Redmond is a full blown man. That was the thing that kind of threw off in my head. I don't think the weight and size is going to, like, maybe I'm completely wrong. And fair enough, Saturday night I'll hold my hands up. But this is not. The mismatch that people are claiming it to be, genuinely, it's not. Uh, yeah, but I'm not looking at it that way. Like, I obviously I say I don't know him that well. Yeah, I, so I can the, see where you're coming from. The, like, the looking at it, yeah, based just on paper, like, like, does this have to go through CFMMA or does it have to go through someone to get sanctioned? Like, or can they just make whatever fights they want? Uh, as far as I know, they can just make whatever fights they want as long that's, as the coaches agree. And that's then, worrying. Like, do you know? I'm not too sure. Uh, Rodney Moore would not put one of his fighters in danger or one of put yeah. one of his fighters in there if he thought he was going to get hurt. He would probably I'm not even going to say he would probably. I, he is I think the, I think the problem is though like fair enough this one might be okay but like if it was a um, it a less scrupulous, scrupulous uh, promotion or trainers like what are, yeah, then, I, then I would call it out. Yeah. And maybe that's double standards by me. Maybe it's pathetic that I'm not saying anything about it now, and some people it should be think it should be stopped. 
But the way I look at it is, I'd like to think that I call it down the middle. I'd like to think that Rodney Moore would not be sending his guys in to get hurt. He must think Reese is going to have a good chance. Yeah. And training with Norman Park, training with Glenn Irvine, training with the bigger amateurs out of um out of next gen, and apparently Reese is not being taken down by any of them, bar Norman. And then when he's he's getting back up, so like I don't think that the size thing is going to be such a big a deal. And even then, look at it; it's a launching pad for Reese's career. Do you know what I mean? Like it's just, it's absolutely crazy. I think that the opportunity that he has in front of him, and he put an absolutely brilliant thing up on um on Facebook the other day about it. Do you mind if I bore you? Not Go on. bore you. Do you mind if I read it out? Read it. So I put up a status about it. Uh, a lot of people got involved on it. It got. Oh, yeah, I was reading it. It yeah. got more likes than most of my statuses, which is uh, uh pretty upsetting. I have to admit, Sean. But Reese commented under it saying, It's not my debut fight. I've been in this business a long time. Fair play, not as long as John, but I believe I have the skills to step up on occasions like this. Doubt me all you want. I just hope you don't pass opportunities up in your life because you won't get far at all. And I think he's completely right saying that. Yeah, that's, that's grand. That's a fighter's mentality and stuff. But I also think there should be someone there to regulate these things and to, you know. I don't know. It it just it's 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 a bit weird. Like, do you not think so? Do you, do you see it like? I'm a, like maybe I'm the I'm the exception. That's fair enough. But I'm actually pretty okay with it. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, like, there's been far worse mismatches in Ireland. Like, let's just call a spade a spade. I'm gonna go out there and say it. Clan Wars has some of the worst matching in Ireland. Genuinely, some of the worst matches in Ireland. Preferential matchups. For certain clubs and it's embarrassing to see you see amateurs go maybe like jeff hall for example uh was eight and oh as an amateur and he everyone was t- but he was fighting guys that he shouldn't have been in there with and beating them pretty easily and it was embarrassing to watch then he comes up against a good standard fighter and gets beaten pretty easily what's that going to do for anybody what's the point in letting guys go in and beat up nobody's thinking that they're good and then maybe get hurt not that he isn't good thinking that they're better maybe than they actually are and then putting them in against a good match you can't turn that down and then he gets hurt do you know what i mean they're definitely like fair enough maybe i have one to do it in the past but because of this thing because of people are trying to say to me this is a mismatch and this shouldn't be happening i want to now go out and call out the promotions that are doing it cage contender did it before as well in the past delighted about Washington Ferreira's record to FAI and Carl Moore and Carl Moore uh, his record is something like 2-7 and seven or 2-9 and nine. it was like 1-17 and 17. and even then it's supposed to be even more than that so <clears throat> it's happened in Ireland for too long when there's mismatches I'll call them from now on because it's just someone will get hurt and it has to be it has to stop speaking of Carl Moore He's fighting as well this weekend, Paul Craig. I'm very sorry about that, Sean. We started with okay. Bama, and I went on a tangent there. It's okay. Excuse we'll me. we get back into Bama. Carl Moore against Paul Craig. I was watching a bit of Paul Craig last night. Uh, I was doing a bit of research for this Bama card. I watched a couple of the other guys. He looks like a pretty good fighter to me as well. Um, I was talking to Graham there a couple of days ago, and we were talking about there isn't much, um, much talent in the uh, light heavyweight division around Ireland and Europe and stuff, but... He looks to be pretty good, six and all, five submissions. Um takes guys down, submits them basically, and his nickname is the Bear Jew. Obviously Karen Moore is more of a boxer and stuff. Have you seen Paul Craig before watching? I think What's this is gonna be a good fight. Bear Jew. The Bear Jew. What's that to do? Uh, do you ever there... see uh do you ever see the film Inglorious Bastards? Yes. 
Do you know the bare Jews and that? He beats guys up with a, a baseball bat. He beats the Nazis up with oh, a baseball bat. Oh, I thought he was the the Nazi hunter or something like that. That's uh, Hugo Stiglitz. What? Yeah, that's he. Hugo Stiglitz. Is yeah, he, that's a different guy. Is he in Inglorious Bastards as well? Yeah. Anyway, the point that I'm going to make is Paul Craig, everyone's talking, yeah, he's pretty good. Uh, good submissions off his back good submissions he's finished all of his fights but then look at his pro career Adam Wright was his last victory his his record is 0-2 as a pro he also beat Brad Conway who is 1-12 Antonio Braga who he fought um, in Belfast I think at the underdog DUXC show he lost the guy's record 0-1 John Ferguson 1-2 uh, Dan Koch Konek 2-5 and Andre Bokars 0-3 and three. so it's all well and good to say Paul Craig is a great fighter but he's fought cans he's fought nobody he hasn't stepped up maybe this is going to be completely different maybe he's going to come out knock Carl Moore out and he's going to be a, a talent and stuff like that and people are going to um, say oh wow that was um, that was pretty impressive but the fact that he's 6-0 and and Carl is only 5-0 and am I fair enough in saying that is it okay to call him out for that yeah, that's that's fair enough. Like watching his couple of fight, his fights last night. Obviously, there's a much tape on him. He's finished all his fights in the first round, but he it looks like Carl Moore probably have a uh, a bit of a big uh, striking advantage, and Carl has good takedown events as well. So Paul Craig is best off when he's on the ground. So I think I think it favors Carl Moore heavily. Obviously, I don't know, I don't know these, I don't know Craig that well, like, but. It seems that way, and obviously you said there as well. He's uh, his competition isn't the best, but um. And just for yeah. just for um, for disparity, clarity, whatever. Carl Moore's wins against Romantis Puskas of uh, a record in four and four. Washington Ferrer, which is down on Sherdog, is two and ten, but is something. Carl even told me he thought it was something like sixteen and seventeen. Um, Cyril uh, Cyril Asker when he fought him six and one. Uh, he's won four on the bounce since Carmore. Richie Knox, I think, is three and oh, three and one, and uh, that guy Lloyd Clarkson is eight and nine. So, do you know what I mean? Be better. Carl yep. Moore, like, and I, I completely understand. As you said a minute ago, uh, talking to Graham the other night, there are very limited uh, yeah. tests and challenges for these guys. Maybe it's why Jimmy Mano is getting found out now by the higher level guys of the UFC, having not been tested before he got to the UFC, that sort of thing. But. I'm calling bullshit on that match like not on the matchup but I mean more so on Paul Craig thinking he has anything to be arrogant about uh, yeah, I suppose he has a 6-0 record of fighting yeah. hands we'll find out on Saturday anyway I suppose it's a good matchup like I think two guys that have been fighting they're probably like the two best prospects maybe around there might be a couple more guys as well but it's no harm to put them in together but um one I'm Sorry probably it's, not, it's okay I'm, I'm, you're, you're very mad today. What's wrong with you? I'm not mad at all. I'm just—it's the NSAC. Free Nick Diaz. <laughs> the fight I'm probably most looking forward to, apart from the main event, is probably Alan Philpott against Regis Ogden. Yeah, have yeah you, I saw you tweeting about it. Today. Yeah. Have you watched uh, anything on Regis Ogden? Have you seen him fight? No. He's—I think he's going to be future star. I. Uh, sell, sell it to me. His striking is very, very good. Uh, Obviously, he's 3-0. He hasn't been underground much, but the bits he has been underground, he looked okay. Maybe he's wrestling in great. Um, I, when I put it up yesterday, Harry Williams replied and said, 
about his ground game. It's it's not as good. Obviously, uh, I think he comes. Is his brother a kickboxer or something as well? Yeah, his brother. Yeah. Like when I was talking to Alan, he said something along the lines of, "He's living the living off his brother's name. He's like really highly ranked in glory. I think maybe third or fourth in the world, like elite level kickboxer." Yeah. Um, but then, I don't know. It might be a little bit early for him. That's like he's exactly only three and what all. I was going to say. I think Alan Philpott has been in there. He's done it. He's wore, bought the t-shirt. And he's still so young as well. And he still feels like he has room to grow and room to improve. Like Alan's, Alan's mistakes in the past have been on the ground, switching off, getting caught in submissions. Um, so that would be is always going to be a worry for me for him. I know he has started doing a lot more jiu-jitsu in his training as well. But... Um, that, that would be the sticking point for me as you say Regis doesn't seem to be too slick on the ground uh, probably people are saying that Philpott will get the better on the ground yeah. I think neither guy wants to bring it to the ground I think both guys are going to want to stay standing I think I think Philpott will want to take him to the ground to be honest Regis Sutton's striking is very very good although like, Philpott a couple of fights I was watching last night he kind of like very good on top in fairness he is very yeah. good with strikes on top in the striking he kind of likes to stand in the pocket and counter and he like to, likes to take pot shots he's a lot of power in his hands um, especially with the left hook and I think Sognan will kind of he might play into that a bit he, he will attack him although he likes to um, he likes to counter as well but I think I think this is going to be a good fight if, especially if it's uh, Sandlin uh, obviously yeah, Sognan probably isn't as good on the ground he could take him down like uh, that Aid Arthur fight against Adam but he was kind of he was caught on lucky but he was doing well like he took him down a couple of times he landed a lot of shots and on the feet he uh, he hurt him a couple of times, but yeah. Alan Philpott's career yeah. is pretty much him throwing away fights that he was winning. Yeah. And for me, I think if he can overcome this mental block, having spoke to him a few weeks ago, I have to say he used to always come across as a dick. And I, I said it to him. I said you were a dick, but there's something <laughs> different now. He's changed now. Genuinely, he's a lot more humble. He seems a lot more mature. He realised that he fucked up when he was younger. And I have to say it's very inspiring to see. And I genuinely now do wish him all the best because you can see how much you like maybe I think it's once you finally get to talk to someone face to face and kind of try feel them out and he he really wants this and yeah. I know it's going to be a worry <coughs> of him making 135 consistently especially now as he's getting older um, and could even still grow a little bit lads don't stop growing until they're 24 uh, he's only 22 so I do think that his future will lie at 145 hopefully he can get everything in line because um, I definitely think there's a good uh, a good story there for him in the future. Yeah, definitely. Um, your boy Damien Rooney as well fighting the Portuguese guy Manuel Cape. Yeah, watched a bit in him. Take down the fence is very bad. Is good, it? yeah, very bad. He's a good striker. Um, he's he's he submitted a guy from the bottom with an armbar at once. Started from the Wait. bottom. Now we're here. <laughs> Wait, how did he do it? Was the guy passing his guard? Um. The guy, it, the fight wasn't, the round was nearly over and he had him up against the fence and yeah, he was trying to pass at the right hand side and, and the guy, he just and went he, over and got the amber. He got his knee in and then threw the other leg over. Yeah, uh, basically, and your man tapped, but he like, I acted like he didn't tap, but he definitely did tap, all right. But it was, it was a good slick amber, but he was like on the ground for three or four minutes and he really had done nothing. So he might be dangerous and that, but... He didn't look great on the ground. He's striking. He's very athletic, very strong. Looks to have a lot of power in his hands. But um, what my, do you think? My, my counter to that is, yeah. I don't, I, I don't think there's a stronger flyweight in the world than Damian Rooney. He cuts a lot of weight, um, yeah. and I mean his size at flyweight is something pretty, uh, 
pretty big. I know this is at a catch weight of uh, 59 instead of 57, but he is very strong, very heavy on top. As you're saying there, uh, Manuel Cape's weakness may have been on the ground. Genuinely, I think if Damien gets on top of him um, or gets him to the ground, he'll finish him with strikes or something. Yeah. I genuinely think, it, like, fair enough, maybe similar enough to the Paul Craig issue. This guy's called the Prodigy. He's a... Uh, He's ten and zero, is he, or nine and zero, and ten and zero amateurs? Six and one, or something, isn't he? Is six it? and one, yeah, he's six and one. Oh, then, uh, then he must have an. He has maybe ten amateur wins before he, he turned pro, so that was what that I was maybe yeah. going off. But or some people aren't sending their records into Sherdog, uh, sending their fights into Sherdog. I think um, I can't see Damien not winning this fight. But yeah. maybe that's so. just me again. You're like you know, it's, um, it's weird when you see these people. Yeah, I agree. I think he's probably technically better everywhere, although Cape is is pretty dangerous on the feet, and it's difficult to know as well. Like he's fighting in Portugal all the time. Like, how good is the uh, how good is the the quality over there? Well, Sean, now that you mention it, his uh, his last opponent had a losing record, unsurprisingly. Four four and seven. You'll have that right. A couple of fights. We're running out of time. Um, Just Dia Casey against. Silvana. I watched two of them. Dia Casey, uh, Patrick Oyman actually mentioned it to me, so I, I had a bit of a look on him. He's one of these prospects coming up. Grinding fighter. It's probably going to be a three-round decision. He's probably going to take him down. He's seven no. I think he'll probably he'll probably be in the UFC pretty soon if he keeps going the way he is. Um, Chris Fields against Jacqueline. I think Chris Fields is going to win this pretty easily. Jacqueline looks. I watched him. He doesn't look great at all. Um, he. Um, <laughs> On the feet, he's he's one of those guys that kind of he waits and he waits for you to come in and he tries to take you down. Do you know, and I think I don't think that's a good thing against Chris Fields. I think if I think if Chris Fields is patient, um, he boxes him up from the outside, he uses his jab, and I think he can he can probably win this pretty pretty handily. Um, the housewife's choice. The housewife's choice indeed. Jacqueline's dangerous on the ground. He's five submissions and he's six wins, and he, he's pretty he's good enough on the ground, but. He's, I don't think his wrestling is good enough to get Chris Fields there. It should be a, it should be a boxing clinic by Fields. What do you think? I think Chris Fields, it's do or die time for his. Yeah, uh, I was just about to say that as well. Career yeah. as well. He's had a couple of setbacks, um, but from talking to him and seeing him recently, he has probably never looked happier in his life. He seems to be very happy with the way everything's going. He looks in serious shape in the pictures that he's been putting up on Facebook. He's. Um, definitely the one guy that I would love to see get signed to the UFC and just get a couple of fights in the UFC maybe to help him in the future maybe setting up his own gym or uh, down payment on a house or something like that I think he like because he's really into coaching now he's doing a lot of coaching in SBG and I'm just told by constant people all the time that he's a brilliant coach he also has his uh, severe MMA uh, podcast career to uh, take into account as well which obviously would have high implications in his life especially mm. over his fighting career naturally so and uh, I just think this this fight what I said to Damien Rooney in the interview and I genuinely believe it this Bama thing forget about the pros that are getting the experience this is for the guys that may or may not depending on how the last year or two of their career goes will get to the UFC or not to have their day in a massive arena. Yeah, John, John Redman has spoke about that. John more Redman, than anyone, probably, yeah. Damian Rooney, Chris Fields. 
the guys that have been doing it for a long 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 time are gonna get their day and I'm, that's for me that's what I'm happiest about all of it yeah oh um, fuck I suppose the main event as well just before we get onto the questions your boy Brendan Lachnan against my boy Tom Duckenwar both 10 and 1 Tom Duckenwar's gonna ruin him I, I, like. I now agree with you yeah and that's the only reason you're coming <laughs> ah, it, oh no it is Patrick Patrick Osigan's fighting as well and um Sean Tobin, so I have to support the old Limerick crowd Limerick as well. Native. Well, for those of you that are wanting to hear a little bit more about the Bama breakdown this evening, oh, well, this podcast will be released within the next, uh, well, now where Graham wakes up. But, <laughs> two um, days. <laughs> so two days from now. And here, wait a minute, rewind. What Fine. about that comment of yours last week about the Junior Cert results night? <laughs> brilliant, Did wasn't not it? like that, son. <laughs> you retweeted it, though. You I loved know, it. it was hilarious. <laughs> Um, so we're going to have Steve and potentially Sean Betts the UK Arm of Severe MMA on for a little uh, additional podcast it'll be released this evening or tomorrow and it's going to be about a more comprehensive breakdown of the Bama card all the fun activities uh, there's definitely going to be some excellent fights on it Sean Sheehan will be there in the flesh uh, we will be available for various signings and autographs throughout the day um, so if the one or two of you that uh, are going to do that to us quick uh, we'd like to get it out of the way make, make a scene if you can <laughs> we'd like to make a scene hey Graham come outside for a minute we want to show you something um, but otherwise it's going to be absolutely brilliant like bring your friends tickets are cheap enter competitions on Facebook raise awareness get as many Irish MMA fans into the three arena as possible this Saturday night and um, I have a funny story for you before we get on to the questions go on friend of the podcast um, or has listened to the podcast in the past He's my bar- one of my barbers. His name's Sean. One of your barbers? How many barbers do you have? Uh, well, there's two lads that work in the same shop that both oh, have okay, hair. So just whoever's there, I'll go to. Um, so Sean and Darren. But Sean was telling me he had customers in the shop the other day saying, got me tickets for the McGregor fight. Right? Grand? Yeah. Yeah, in October. Do you think there's people buying UFC Dublin tickets thinking Conor McGregor's going to be fighting on it? Ooh, I geez, do. That that could be possible. That's yeah, my first question. There's a lot of um. There's a lot of non MMA fans who will go to a, the MMA events. Do you know what I mean? Or not MMA events necessarily, but events just because it's an event rather than they're fans of the sport. Like how I many? There's probably a, a good percentage of the people think Conor McGregor's fighting Jose Aldo in Dublin on this card, and they have their tickets for. I'd say that's probably going to happen. So, we'll see what happens, yeah. Sean. I don't know, to be honest. I think it's... Uh, you wanted to say bandwagoners there. I know you did. No, no, no I, I don't care. Like People show up. Show up, fair enough. Just do what they want. I have... Um, what have I got for you? I have good news for you. Go on. Well, not really that great of news. But uh, did you notice that a lot of the fights... For that, from the IMMAF World Championship, have been uploaded of the Irish. Guys. Oh, have they? Yeah. I actually looked last week and they weren't there, but are they up Does on that, Fight Pass? Yes. Yeah, so, well, a lot of them are up on uh, Facebook and on YouTube as well now. Yeah. I was uh, just watching some of Carl McNally versus Jose Torres, and yes. Carl actually looked pretty good against him. I have to say, this guy Please. Jose Torres is like ranked one of the top amateur. He's ranked the top in the world. Um, he's debuting pro at Titan FC in a while. He's on that KHK team out in Bahrain, so. Uh, be interesting to see how he gets on even though uh, I grappled with him did you know that 
Yeah, you're saying that. Yeah. I, I only I wasn't even gonna say that. I was just doing it for your reaction. Okay, let's get on to the questions. Actually, I the first question is about dice, tickets as well. Dice! React! <laughs> Jesus, Sean. Gavin, Gavin Sherlock there asked about one, UFC 194 um, tickets. What did you hear? I heard a lot of people were missing out on them. Didn't get them. No tickets up, even pre-sale and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't know what the yeah. story is with it. Um, it seemed Weird. like people were trying for like half an hour, 40 minutes, and uh, couldn't get them. And then eventually could get them Or we're getting them sporadically yeah. all over the shop I don't know what the story is It seems like Still seen a lot of people booking it But I'd be interested to know What the Irish the percentage breakdown of ticket sales are going to be Hopefully we'll be able to find that out Do you reckon it's a case of Do you know the MGM buy a lot of tickets Like they did for the Mayweather fight Do you reckon the MGM could have bought a shitload of these tickets Before they went on sale Just to sell them off themselves Or like to give them to people to sell them and things like there's a secondary market in South America I think that's that could be it that I, might happen I didn't even know that happened yeah that could be could be case travel companies yeah travel companies exactly that's probably the best bet okay next one David Mosgrave friend, good friend of mine what happens if Conor McGregor gets injured for the Aldo fight and Aldo fights uh, uh, Aldo gets beat right say if Conor if um, Frank Edgram comes in beats Aldo is Conor McGregor still the champion Interim champion. Oh, it's a great question. I don't even know. I don't even know the answer to that either. You I would presume he is like. You'd have to think that he would be. Yeah. But it's a tough one, like. Maybe not, since the title would have been unified regardless. No, but it wouldn't. You'd have to fight the interim to unify it. That's yeah, actually a great inside. question. And we're gonna have to send that out to some MMA historians. Yeah. I don't think it's ever happened, does it? No, Mike Bond would be able to tell us. He would, yeah. That's a good question, though. I'm going to tweet him right now. What's the next question? Um, there's a lot of questions there. I said Jim Jams sent it. Uh, Connor Califf. About Nick Diaz fighting another His place. His name is Califf. He's going to hate Calif you for that. Calif? Connor Califf. Calif. I, I pronounce everyone's name wrong. I'm yeah. the worst. Nick Diaz fighting overseas. Do you think and about Zufa releasing him? Do you think it'll happen? I, I don't. I don't think they're going to release him. Um, I was talking to Patrick there just before. He was telling me about he was listening to Brendan Shaw's podcast, and Brendan Shaw was basically saying that the UFC is a business. Like they're not your they're not your friends. They're not going to let you go out and go over to Asia and have a, a big fight with uh, Ben Askren or go to Russia and something. I don't. I don't think it's going to happen. Well, then the law needs to change in that as well because they're independent contractors. Otherwise, that's, pay him a wage while he's suspended or let that's him a good out. Point. That's a very good point. Uh, yeah. Another case for a fighters' union. They they probably need one. Um, Maybe if only people hadn't taken that face that Twitter page from years ago seriously. The fighters' union. Do you remember that one? Yeah, I think it was. It definitely was a troll account. It'd have to be. Probably, yeah. Um, Gary Murphy asks if you had to pick one fighter from Bama this weekend to be a future UFC star, who would it be? Oh, you can go first, Sean. Uh, I would pick Tom Duncanois, obviously. Regis Ogden. I'm gonna go Regis Ogden. I think he's good. I, I, he might win this weekend. But I saw it. He has stark potential you've in him. Seen, saw you've it. seen the future. Yeah, I'm a great... I'm a man that sees talent. I know talent. That's it. <laughs> Regis Ogden. 
the fact. All right, profit. <laughs> uh, actually, now that we mention it, North Korea, Kim Jong Un. <laughs> that doesn't work. Stop it doing does that. Work. It's bullshit. I've been told if you say North Korea or Kim Jong-un in your podcast, you get listens from North Korea. So there yeah. we go. Um, if I had to pick, I'm going to pick two since you picked two. And I what? genuinely think it, and I they're both fighting each other. Darren O'Gorman and Franz Malambo. I've said it before in the podcast. I do think both of those guys are going to have really good careers, really long careers. Kind of fitting that they're both making... Um, well, Franz is making his pro debut. Darren is 3-0. and But I do think both of them have very bright futures ahead of them. Um, and they would be my picks. Okay. Aaron O'Brien, if you're a betting man... Which I am! Does DSC out these five years, or will it be reduced in court? I think it'll be reduced in court, embarrassingly enough, and he'll get a massive compensation. I don't think... I think think it'll be reduced in court to, like, two years, three years, maybe. And I think... Maybe less... Eight, two years I'll say two years and I think he'll get his fine reduced to 20% or something like that maybe there you go um, fun fact okay. for you go on the guy who invented Viagra uh, has said that the people who trialed the drug wouldn't give it back because they enjoyed it that much legends that just popped Dead up right. on my uh, timeline it's on Matt Cooper at the minute yeah um, who do you think Joseph from Kieran asked the underscore Irish Kieran who do you think Joseph Duffy fights if he wins uh, Benil Darush. Good shout. In like Boston. That. Good shout. That's could what be, I want. Yeah, it could be Michael Johnson as well. Maybe someone like that because if he beats Dustin Poirier, he's only gone up into the top fifteen, yeah, top ten. Joe Lozon in Boston. No, that'd be oh, that'd be fucking Joe good. Lozon too much though. <laughs> that I could see that happening. Joe Lozon versus Joseph Duffy in uh, in Boston. That's the one that I want now. I'm sold on it already. What a suggestion. Yeah. Fap, 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 fap. Okay. What do you think? Oh, what was the question again? I forget. Who's next for Duffy if he beats Parry? Oh, Duffy. Uh, yeah, I, I like the Joe Lawson fight. I, I like that one. I think it'd be good. Uh, you know, Irish versus I'm just Irish. looking for an excuse to get back yeah. to... Uh, what do you mean Irish versus Irish? Like... I am. Is Joe Lawson not? He's probably partly Irish. Like he's from Boston. He's from ba- all right. Yeah. So yeah. fourth generation Irish versus Joseph Duffy. Um, yeah. No, I, you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> I thought you were. I thought you were uh, setting up a, an introduction to the potential super fight to end all super fights. Irish versus Irish. The Irish hand one. grenade. Marcus Davis versus what Joseph about, Duffy. Uh, what about Nate Diaz? Nate Diaz and Joe Duffy. Mm. Oh. That is a serious fight as well. Diaz or Lozon versus Joe Duffy. Make it happen. In yeah. Boston. Exactly. I want exactly. an excuse to go back to Boston. Please do it there. That would be world class. Sean, any others? Last question. Okay, we have one from Gavin Springett as well. I always pronounce his name right. About uh, We already answered that in Patrick as well. About fighting overseas. But the last question from Joy Gahan. How many titles can you see changing hands in the next two to three months or like we, we look at them all look at all the way well we look through all, yeah I was going to say every title fight yeah. and see who we think is going to win ok um, heavyweight do you think Kane is going to beat Junior or uh, Verdum was there anything sorry before we get on it was there anything announced about when that's happening or is it still next March 
Um, they said next March, but didn't Verdum told Ariel and UFC tonight last week that that was bullshit, that he would be able to fight in December, but there's no card available until March or something like that. So No big probably card be early, available. Yeah, yeah. Probably be early next year. Okay, well then, <clears throat> as interested as I am in the C-level Cain Velasquez versus Fabricio Verdum, I've counted Fabricio Verdum out too many times, and I do think he'd be able to pull it off again. I think Cain beats him this time. And I picked for him last time. There you go. She um, light everywhere. Daniel Cormier. I think Daniel Cormier is going to beat Alexander Gustafsson. But. Mm, I'm, I'm, I'm 50-50 on it. Yeah. Actually. That sentence came out of my mouth too quick. Because then I remember the Jones fight. And yeah. I think Alexander Gustafsson does well to beat people that can't take his head off like Anthony Johnson did. I think he yeah. loses the Anthony Johnson rematch like nine times out of ten. But someone maybe like Cormier, I think he actually could have the beaten on just because of his size. Like we saw he is pretty hard to take down. I don't yeah, know I think it'll be relentlessness will work against someone like that. I think cardio on that one could be a big issue. Like we don't need really know like Cormier's cardio has been pretty good so far, but he hasn't really taken like he hasn't been in the war to like look at his cardio in the last couple of rounds. Maybe against Jones he was okay, like but yeah, I, th- I think that's an interesting fight, maybe. Um, Weidman Rockhold. Oh. Part of me thinks Rockhold is going to do it. I know you disagree with me. Yeah, Weidman won. That's it, yeah, I'll just say Rockhold. Lawler, Condit. Whenever it finally happens, I'm picking yes. it. I'm picking it to happen. Carlos Condit's going to do it. I think you will too. I think Carlos uh, Condit is the man to... Bring out sufficient anger out of Robbie Lawler to make it a world-class fight, yet still frustrate him to the point of being able to beat him. Cowboy Dos Anjos. Cowboy. I think going to overturn the loss. It depends how. Um, or if he bottles it in another high-profile fight. I think it depends how well Dos Anjos looks in low light. Uh, if you catch my drift I catch I I caught more than a drift Sean <laughs> I think Dostanius probably win um, McGregor Aldo Conor McGregor yeah <laughs> I, I agree. oh he's uh, changed Sean Sheen's a Conor I have uh, no I said it after the fight I said uh, it after the Mendes fight <sighs> they all guys, break Andrew they all there break there are no Irish MMA journalists just fans <laughs> just, just fans just losers yeah. just, just fans yeah all these guys that pick against Irish fighters but are still just fans and they never say a bad word about them. Okay, um, TJ Dillashaw against Dominic Cruz. Oh, it was announced as we went off the air last week, wasn't it? Yeah, well, yeah, later on that night, yeah. Um, that's... Dominic Cruz came back and absolutely looked brilliant. But, and I think he would have been ready for the Barrow fight then, but I think Dillashaw... Dillashaw just does what Cruz has been doing for years and I want to see if Cruz can still do it as well as he was before. If It looks like he's lost a step, that he's not as sharp because it was a fairly convincing return. Stopped the guy in one round. But... He did his SEL against him since that though. Yeah, so you're wondering is he going to be as... Like he's going to be sick of the questions like is your knee okay, is your knee okay? Yes, my knee's okay but obviously mentally I'm fucked because I've been... I've heard <laughs> the same thing twice like so... I don't know. Early, I'm leaning towards TJ Dillashaw. I'm picking. Um, I'm picking um, Thomas Almeida on that one. 
play because someone's going to get injured. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cruz not making that. Yeah, I think Dillashaw beat Cruz. Um, Demetrius Johnson, who's he fighting next? See Henry Cejudo probably. Was it even announced? Who cares? No. Nah, Demetrius nah, Johnson, Demetrius the Johnson moose, the poison of the 125 division. Sean and do we even need? Crush. Do we even need to ask about Joanna and Ronda? No. 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 Okay. That's it. <laughs> no. Anyway, Sean, that was an enjoyable hour and twenty minutes. Hopefully, those listening enjoyed it as well. If um, we will put something up genuinely for those that are coming to Bama, if you want to buy Sean drink, you can do so. He has no problem working drunk. In fact, some of his best work has been while he's been drunk. And um, just to, just that's, just that's to confirm, incorrect. yeah, just to confirm, that's a joke. Okay, <laughs> Sean Sheehan is not like that. We love no. him a lot. But Sean, the public want to meet you. The fans want to meet you. Are you going to do a meet and greet, a signing session? No. No. <laughs> I am going to. I'm going. I am going to live tweet our location a couple of times on Saturday, saying, "Oh my God, is that Sean Sheehan?" You see me say hello, like I'm a. I'm a bit of a prick in real life, though. Like if you meet me. You probably think I'd be like nice and happy. No, I'm a no, brick. he's an absolute a dickhead. dickhead. Like the podcast yeah. numbers are gonna plummet between this week and next yeah. week. Yeah. Like people that have real world encounters with Sean. They always say, they always say, it's it's bad to meet your heroes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> on that, if that annoyed you, if you want to tell Graham, fire this guy. He's an arrogant man. Tweet at Severe MMA. Send him abuse directly at Sean Sheehan BA. Tell. How I'm the better looking of the two of the podcast pair via tweet at Andrew McGahan underscore. Just so he doesn't feel left out, go and follow at Pizzi Carroll as well, who will be in Bama in the flesh. And our UK brothers, Sean and Steve, are flying over as well to cover Bama. Severe MMA is taking, and is Patrick coming as well to do pictures? He is, yeah. yeah. We have the, when the squad's on point, Sean, as they say, the whole entire Severe MMA team are going to be in the building at Bama this weekend, providing the best coverage. Uh, we'll have to get a team photo Squad photo yeah, yeah. Squad on point well, Exactly uh, If only Someone had sent us Those t-shirts Fucking bastards And they are We're... still brilliant Yeah What yeah. were you going to say there Were you going to reveal a spoiler <laughs> No I don't no, have a spoiler Of course I don't even have a spoiler To reveal I'm not like I'm not, I'm not like you saying We've big news coming next week And there's no news Just yeah, lying was, Yeah well so Who cares <laughs> Do it again with... No <laughs> Um <laughs> But on that, genuinely, I believe we are looking into the uh, possibility of uh, of t-shirts. So, whether that happens or not, I know uh, Graham was talking to your man last week. That would be fairly cool. Yeah. Would you like I that? Won't. Did you just send me a message? No, I didn't. All right, no, sorry. I thought that was my uh, that was my microphone stand. Hold on, see, can I do it again? Do it again. Yeah. Oh Jesus! Yeah. What was that? Like a steel thing. Yeah, anyway, Sean, I don't spring. even know why I'm still talking because I tried to end the podcast about two minutes ago. Enjoy this two-hour podcast. Enjoy this, yeah, two-and-a-half-hour podcast. If you enjoyed it, please tell your friends. Please subscribe. We're going to be back with an extra edition for the Bama card later on tonight. But until then... See you next week.